Welcome to Angry Americans. Welcome to episode 14. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. Happy birthday, America. It's your birthday, and you deserve a present. A nice one, a thoughtful one, a fun one. And I'm going to give it to you today. It's a refreshing break from the intensity of the political madness of the summer so far. Summer in America means driving. Driving to and from work. Driving to and from visiting family. Driving to and from vacation. And for some unlucky U.S. soldiers, it means right now, driving an M1 tank to Trump's ridiculous, masturbatory manipulation of the public trust and politicization of our troops in Washington. I'm not going to call it a parade. It's a thing. His thing. It's not our thing. Not America's thing. It's a thing. It's a Trump thing. And that thing will forever be a dark spot on our country's proud and critical separation of politics and our military. And it's definitely not a salute to our troops. If he wanted to salute our troops, he'd end our open-ended wars and tone down tensions with Iran and stop high-fiving Kim Jong-un and the DMZ. If he really wanted to salute our troops, he'd give them a day off. Rather than making them stand in the July heat in their dress uniforms on scalding blacktop streets of D.C. for hours and hours and hours. It's ridiculous. And it's not about us. It's not about America. It's about him. But enough about him. This week's about America. And there's lots to be proud of this summer about America. Let's start with our Women's World Cup team. They did it again. They beat England. And they're on their way to the final on Sunday versus either Sweden or the Netherlands. And they can win it all. And they can unite America. And Megan Rapino winning would be like a giant middle finger to our reckless president. And that would be a hell of a birthday gift for America. But this team, they represent what America's really all about. They're inspiring, they're dynamic, they're hardworking, and they're a real inspiration. It's something we can really be proud of about America this summer. Something else we can be proud of? Our 9-11 first responders. They continue to show the grit, determination, and teamwork that made our country great. But tragically this week, we lost a hero for our heroes. NYPD Detective Lou Alvarez, who I talked about in previous episodes, who testified alongside Jon Stewart in Washington a few weeks ago, and has been working alongside Rob Sarah. He died. He leaves behind a wife and three kids. But he also leaves behind a legacy of leadership and heroism. And he leaves knowing that all his hard work paid off. Next month, we expect to finally get a vote on the Victims' Compensation Fund. And Lou's leadership made it possible. Understand that we are not here for anything for ourselves. We became police officers, firefighters, paramedics to help others. We went to ground zero of Pentagon and Shanksville to help people first and then help their families bury someone or something. We were there 
with one mission and we left after completing that mission. I have been to many places in this world. Excuse me. And done many things. But I can tell you that I do not want to be anywhere else but ground zero when I was there. We were part of showing the world that we would never back down from terrorism and that we could all work together. No races, no colors, no politics. Those are the words of Lou Alvarez, a true American hero. A guy who demonstrated what America is all about. A guy we can think about on July 4th. Thanks to Lou Alvarez, we now have 64 co-sponsors and a filibuster-proof majority. And Trump may actually mention it on July 4th. But this bill's going to pass. And Lou, a truly great American, made it possible. He's one of the helpers. The helpers that Mr. Rogers talked about. And the helpers that make this country great. Last week, my friend David Bellavia, another helper, became the first living Iraq War veteran to receive the Medal of Honor. He's another one of those helpers that define America. And he broke it down in a way I hope you'll remember this week. No matter what happens with Trump in D.C., and no matter where you are in America or worldwide, David risked his own life to save the members of his unit that were trapped by insurgents in Fallujah. He was leading a squad in support of Operation Phantom Fury in November 2004 in Fallujah. After helping his platoon escape fire, he went into a house and killed at least four insurgents who were firing rocket-propelled grenades, one hand-to-hand. David put himself ahead of others. And this week, he did what any other soldier would do. He called on all of us to leave no man behind. He insisted that you don't have to be a soldier to serve our country and delivered a powerful message. Our families understand that we are leaving behind a legacy of service. You don't have to do it with a rifle and a grenade. It helps to have a rifle and grenade. But you don't need to do it. You can serve in any way whatsoever. Represent your community. Represent your country. America is worthy of any sacrifice. Our rights that we have, we own our mistakes. We are always pushing forward to be a better country and a better people. And that's what this uniform represents. And that's what I'm proud to have served and defended. And that's a good message for July 4th. A positive one. The kind of message I want this show to deliver on a regular basis. This show has been and will continue to be an examination of our great American experiment. And that experiment includes this show itself. And that experiment in America always includes cars. And may forever now include the car question. So for July 4th, in a celebration of America, we're going to go back across some of our past episodes to give you a best of the Angry Americans car question. If you never heard them, you're in for a treat. If you've heard them in the past, it'll be fun to go back and hear them again and to hear them stitched together. It's a cross-section of voices, of perspectives, and of cars from some iconic, important, and inspiring Americans. Rachel Maddow, she's going to break it down for you. Ron Perlman from Sons of Anarchy, the wild man himself, tells you about his first car. Wes Moore, with a moving, 
very personal, very intimate story involving his mom. Sarah Jessica Parker, definitely going to surprise you and tell you about her first car and how she learned how to drive it. Willie Geist, he's going to break it down and tell you about his first vehicle. Zainab Salbi, maybe the single wildest first car story we've ever had on Angry Americans. All of them together answering the car question. It's a nice little fun holiday ride into the four eyes that I promise to bring you in every episode. It's a chassis of integrity, a powerful V12 motor of information, a sleek body of impact, and a convertible top of inspiration. So strap on your seatbelt of curiosity, turn the key in your ignition of fun. So happy birthday, America. This is Angry Americans, the best of the car question. Welcome to Angry Americans, episode 14. Enjoy the ride. Have you ever worn a dress shirt? I think we all have. And subconsciously, it reminds us of a straitjacket. There is nothing fun about it. Very little upside. Yet, we wear them, and we wonder why no one is making them better. Well, I got some good news. Someone has made them better. And that someone is Mizzen and Maine. Mizzen and Maine makes dress shirts for men that are actually comfortable. Yeah, you heard that right. Dress shirts that are actually comfortable. But how? But why? Well, it's the fabrics. Mizzen and Maine shirts are made with performance fabrics. That means they stretch and move with you all day long. Here's the other thing. We're now in summer months, which means the sun is beating down on us. It's sweltering gaze trying to slowly weed out the weak. In a normal cotton dress shirt, you're like a sponge. You sweat and your cotton shirt soaks it right up, taking forever to fully dry. It's gross. I've been there so many times. Not so with Mizzen and Maine. Their performance fabrics dry quickly by wicking moisture away so you never have to worry about looking like a mess. It's way too hot for cotton. Now, I met Kevin Lavelle, the innovative founder of Mizzen and Maine, years ago when they were first starting out. He gave me a few shirts, and I've been hooked ever since. I give them out as gifts. I've helped them donate lots of shirts to veterans, and they've really changed the game. NFL superstar J.J. Watt wears them. So does golfing legend Phil Mickelson. And that's because Mizzen and Maine performs. The company is headquartered in America, in Texas, and I'm very proud to have them as a founding sponsor on this show. The shirts are wrinkle-resistant, making them perfect for travel. They're comfortable on the plane, and you can just pull them out of your bag and not have to worry about ironing them. These shirts are really easy, folks. They work, they're comfortable, and you can wash them at home without having to pay a dry cleaner. So head on over to Mizzen and Maid's website at www.comfortable.af. Yeah, that's really their website, www.comfortable.af. Use the code ANGRYAMERICANS at checkout to receive 10 bucks off a dress shirt now. Mizzen in Maine. It's never felt so good to look your best. Rachel Maddow, what was your first car? Oh, you are going to get an answer from me. You will not get from anybody else. I hope so. It was a 1970 Audi 100 LS. What's an Audi 100 LS? Glad you asked. It's the size of a Ford LTD, two-door. Wow. So each door was like nine feet long. 
and nothing was power anything. The steering here, hold the mic. Okay. Steering wheel was like this. Okay. It was now, like to describe for audio viewers, your arms are spread three it's, feet across. Three feet across. It also like you're driving. It a was ship. a stick. It was a stick shift with like a two foot long stick shift, and each of the seats was like a captain's chair, like an easy chair. Wow. My mom's, the woman who cut my mom's hair at the time, her husband had been a, a prisoner in state prison in California. <laughs> and when he was in the stir, he did the upholstery course in prison and became this really good, super old school upholsterer who learned it in prison. And for his first job after he got out, I paid him to upholster the seats in my Audi 100 LS. And so they were like, they could have been in a museum. Wow. They were spectacular. Huge steering wheel, huge gear shift, nine foot long doors. It was dark green. It was spectacular. Um, it also, like when I went through seven clutches. I was also 16. I didn't know how to drive. And it was, the, it, but it was a freaking tank. It's great. That's an amazing answer. Yeah. Dark green on the outside. What color was that interior that Tan. the guy from prison made? Tan. Although Tan. he did contrasting dark leather on the sides of the, you could see the sides of the seats all the way around all four sides. Are there photos of said vehicle? I wish there were. When I went away to college, when I, I didn't have time to put in like the seventh clutch <laughs> and I didn't bring my car to college. I left it sitting in front of my parents' house. My parents and I kind of had a falling out which soon after I got to college and I kind of left the car languishing there for a little uh -huh. while. My parents literally took it and gave it to the high school auto shop for a tax break. Wow. They gave it away. Wow. They were like, it doesn't run and you're not coming home. It sounds like it was a good experiment for them to work through, right? <laughs> That's good to That's say. better than breaking down the, the regular old I Ford that rolls in. I just want the seats back. Like I just, I feel I think, like I think we can. Away. So we've we've organized the Angry Americans community in the past to take action. Mm. I think we can find a way to to find this car <laughs> a version of it. We've got many cars. Castro Valley High School Auto Shop, approximately 1992. Did you get a dark green Audi 100 LS with gigantic doors and custom seats? Can I have the seats? This back? is going to be an entirely different podcast. <laughs> Searching for Rachel's car, it's going to be like finding Richard Simmons. Right, <laughs> that'll be my next podcast. It's finding Rachel Maddow's car. Car seats. And we'll do a tour of meditation and drinking, trying to find this Audi somewhere on the landscape. I bet you it's not in America. Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, like also what, like how do you throw away a car seat? Like this is not a car seat you can transfer and put in another car. Like maybe you could bolt this to the seat of your Scooby van or something, but like it's not going to fit on anything else. See, so anybody who, who questions me asking this question on the podcast, mm -hmm. I hope you are now satisfied. Because that answer was amazing. Also, the car had no seatbelts. And my dad and I went to a junkyard and took seatbelts off a Volkswagen Bug and bolted them into the Audi ourselves, <sighs> which is amazing on a lot of fronts. But A, can you still do that? B, like, why did we think those seatbelts would hold? Like, we just, we just screwed them into the, into the pillars, Thank you, Ralph you know? Nader. Exactly. Right, yeah. Ron Perlman, what was your first car? The first car in your entire life. Oh, um, well, my first car, like many young fellow, was handed down by my dad. I believe the first one that he uh, uh, wanted to unload so he could get a new one, which is usually what happens with sons and dads. Right. Was, um, see, this is the problem with... Uh, with, with, with getting to be my age. I, 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 why I cannot remember the name of the, it. had a push-button transmission. Push-button uh -huh. transmission? Yeah. What color yeah. was it? Do you remember what color it was, Ron? 
Well, it was it was white when he bought it, but not by the time I got it. Um, <laughs> we, we weren't big on car washes back in the day. Lower middle class Jewish family, um, you know. Yep. We would go out. We would wait till like late May, go out with a bucket, and then that would be it till the following year. Uh, in terms of washing the car, Rambler. It was a Rambler. It was a Rambler. A, Ram- a Rambler American. I love it. What year? Do you know what year it was, Ron? Uh, it was a '62, maybe. Sixty-two Rambler, sixty-two Rambler American. The next car. Remember, I'm uh, googling that right now and looking at that. That is a freaking cool car, but it's not what I would envision. You know, Hellboy rolling around in as a young man. Well, you see, that's the beauty of Hellboy is that he always his whole thing with the lower expectations. Like you know, <laughs> he, just, he just was the most reluctant superhero you've ever met, and. Uh, a dude, a definitely a, a dude I can understand because rather than going out and save the world, he'd much rather sit home, eat pizza, and watch the Three Stooges. So there you go. Westmore, what was your first car? Uh, so it's a cool story. My first car um, was a forest green Jeep Cherokee, and I got it when I was 19 years old. And so the story behind it was this, was, uh, you know, I, I, I had some challenges growing up. Yes, um, well-documented at this point. Well-documented challenges. I mean, where, where literally I, uh, you know, I, I got moved around to multiple schools, got, uh, first time that I've had handcuffs on my wrist was when I was 11, up here in New York, up here in the Bronx. And, uh, and I would say when I was a freshman in high school, I was sent to military school when I was in eighth grade and I had a mandatory year in military school, um, that I hated every minute of when I first went where I I ran away five times in the first four days. Um, but eventually the place, uh, it didn't just help me. It, it, in many ways changed me. Um, it was my first taste of military culture. It was my first taste of, 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 of organized leadership in that way. Uh, it was a chance to remake my identity, which was something I think I really needed at that point. And, uh, just a way to think differently about what my future could be. Uh, after that year was over, I had the choice at that point to go back to school. We're back down in Baltimore. I had a chance to go back to school in Baltimore if I wanted to. And I said, actually, if it's okay, I'd like to sit tight. I ended up finishing high school there. But during my freshman year of high school, I was having a conversation with my mom and we're out and I was, we're talking about college and we didn't really talk about college mm. before then. Um, and I think she was, she got excited and kind of exuberant and she made a promise that she didn't realize one day she'd have to keep where she was like, you know, if you get a full scholarship to college, I'll buy you a car. Wow. Good deal. I was like, for real. She's like, yeah, if you get a full scholarship to college, I'll buy you a car. Again, I think she probably did on the assumption <laughs> that that was never going to be anything that she would ever have to honor. Um, but when your mother's I, a smart woman. I think she knew she was going to have to pay that bet. I, and, and honestly, I think for her, she probably also thought that, listen, hey, if he gets a full scholarship, we'll figure it out, right? She probably thought you'd pick a cheaper car, she too. She probably did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she probably did. Yeah. But um, when I finished high school, I ended up uh, deciding that I wanted to, to join the Army. And I went through all my, you know, uh, all, all my basics with the army, uh, ended up getting an ROTC scholarship. And so the army ended up paying for college. 
And so technically, I mean, even when I made that promise with her, you know, of course, I, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna get a basketball shot scholarship. Right, right. I'll be playing for, for Syracuse. Right, right. Uh, but it's a full scholarship. No matter how the money comes, it's a full scholarship. And one day she came up to see me during my freshman year of college. I was actually at a two-year school at that time. Uh, you were at Valley, uh, Valley Forge, Forge yeah, Military, military Academy. Yep. And so uh, she comes up and uh, we're hanging out and we get something to eat while she comes up and visits me. And then I'm like, all right, I'll walk you to the parking lot because I thought that's where she parked the car. And we're walking to the parking lot and I didn't see her car. And she was like, oh, she's like, that's right. My car is in here. And she said, but yours is. And she reaches in her pocket and she pulls out keys to a, you know, uh, probably had 40,000 miles on a used, but a, a used forest green Jeep Cherokee. Wow. Was my first car. And I'm like, I was, I was blown. I was blown away. Not just because it was like, I have my own car and it felt crazy that I now had a car. Um, but she kept her promise yeah. and I didn't even remind her. Like I, it was something I completely forgot about. But she kept her promise, even when she technically, I guess, didn't have to because it wasn't like I was bringing it up. Um, but I think that's also a real indication of who she is as a person, too. And so that was my first vehicle. Excellent. You know what year that car was? That car was probably like a 92 Jeep Cherokee. Uh, and it lasted, a, it lasted a, good, a good while. I mean, it probably lasted me a good another four years after, after I got it. Sarah Jessica Parker, what was your first car? <laughs> okay. So, um, there, um, it's a slightly, um, jumbled response and, and that's only because, all right. So we grew up and we all, we only ever had used cars. We you know didn't have any money growing up. So we were always the owner of a used car and a used car that had at best months, <laughs> months less to offer on the road. But, you know, we were right. a family of six and ultimately eight kids. So we, we destroyed cars very quickly. <laughs> and, um, so, uh, and the, and the, basically the cars that we only, the only cars we ever had were Volkswagen buses and cause they could fit our whole family wow. and a country squire station wagon. So wow. those were our cars growing up wow. and they were always used and they were always, um, on the verge of breaking down or my father would, I have memories of my father, you know, in the back of a Volkswagen bus with literally like, he's like, who's got a shoestring, pull out a shoestring. I'm not kidding. And one of us would pull out a shoestring and he would be in the back, which that's where the motor was on Volkswagen buses. And with his hands making the engine work, by pulling like attached attaching a shoestring to an engine that's so these are my memories of cars wow. um so my the first the car that i learned to drive on if you can freaking believe it was a volkswagen bus wow. and the rule in our family was you couldn't get your license if you couldn't drive a stick shift my parents were like you're no good in the world if you can't drive a stick <laughs> shift like you can't travel because in your like that's good you're parenting. not a driver. You're That's not good a. Parenting. You're not That's a, a rule. woman or a man. Right. If you can't now, that didn't mean you had to take your driver's test on a stick shift. Mm -hmm. um, but my older siblings all took their driver test on a stick mm. shift, which I think is hilarious. Um, so I learned on a Volkswagen van, but then I was in Los Angeles and I was shooting square peg, and I could get my license there sooner because California had sixteen-year-olds; you can get your permit uh. and like that. So the local police officer who was the the police officer affiliated with our television show, there's always a police officer on a show. Okay, okay. He taught me how to drive on the lunch breaks in Norwalk, California, at the in the big parking lots of the high school where we shot. 
And then I took my test on someone's borrowed, um, on someone's borrowed automatic Honda. And then I purchased for my family a Honda Accord. So in amazing, so in title, that was my first car, but but really, that was it was really a, Volks- a car for really family. It was the Volkswagen. That's what I learned what to drive co- on. What but color was that? The Volkswagen that I learned to drive on was a sort of, um, it was a sort of poppy scarlet red with a classic cream top. You know how they have just one band of color. Yes. But we had blue I knew Volkswagen hearing you buses. describe a car would be special, right? <laughs> uh-huh. you, you weren't going to give me just, <laughs> it was red, right? It's, it's, no, it's it going to be immaculate detail around the, 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 the intricacies of the color. Because it wasn't the red that some of the Beatles uh-huh. were. Right. Those Beatles were a barn red. Do you remember? Okay, Those yeah. were a deeper yeah. blue brown red, but this was that brighter kind of I'm going to say a cross between vermilion and poppy, but I'm, we, people but, have to Google what those colors are. <laughs> I can pull it up for you right now. But, um, we also had a, had that sort of sky blue one, not light uh-huh. blue, but yep. like, you know, it was a special blue, that blue yeah. one used. We also, I think had, um, you know, red one, we had a blue one. We had, we might've had a brown one, but then my first car that I, owned was um i think was a sob wow Do you remember sobs yeah. back in the 90s yeah, yeah that, that was, was my first car and was i kind loved of a, that's a, it kind of a period piece car it was like beautiful. that was at the time a sob was a thing it was a sob turbo and that was a cool car yeah and i yeah, really don't see too it. many sobs anymore. no but it was that's yeah. a beautiful car and yeah. it's a great car and i think it was if i remember correctly i think what made that car really special is that it was built by engineers who also made airplanes ah. and it was a Swedish car. I think the Saab. I don't know. Is it? Yeah. Maybe. I think it's a Swedish I'll, car. I'll it was a fantastic it car. I loved it. Um, and then I came back to New York and, and didn't need a card forever, you know? So right. well, it's a long car story. No, that was a really good answer. And not very, it really helps shape <laughs> an understanding. Like, you know, you as a community organizer, you as a <laughs> leader, bringing people together, literally packing you know, eight brothers and sisters and the neighbors oh, yeah. and all these other old folks in the back yeah. of a Volkswagen oh, roll, for, rolling yeah. around Ohio. Absolutely. That's, that Volkswagen that's took scene. many people and to polling places and a stick shift. Yeah. And bare bones, you know, yeah. not a stick shift that was covered. You know how some of them had like a sort of tent that surrounded yeah. The, yeah. the stick to the top. No, this was just a naked, bare, exposed <laughs> And your dad's shoestring in the back, keeping oh, it all together. Oh my God. Yeah. Willie Geist, what was your first car? Easy. 1984 Jeep CJ7. Wow. It was... uh, That's an awesome first car. It's a great car. It was great, except it was our family car for 10 years before I got it. Like, that that was our car. That's also pretty cool. My dad had a company car, like a Buick Skylark or something. And then my mom had the Jeep that she drove us around in. That's awesome. And it was the most stripped down. My dad wrote a... He wrote a book in 1984 when we bought it okay and it was he got like a ten thousand dollar advance which at the time huge for anyone but yeah. for him it was huge he spent every nickel of it on the jeep really went about a ten thousand dollar jeep wow but what that got you then was no power steering right barely had a back seat <laughs> okay definitely no seat okay. belt what color was it it was red okay Fire engine red. Wow. Great looking car. That That is a look at me car. It, it was. Yeah. And and no frills whatsoever. And by the time it got to me and I got my license in 92, so it's wow. eight years, yep. Yep. but grinding, drive yep. family vacations, yep. Yep. everything. Um, 
The floors were a little bit rusted out. Okay. Um, you really had to start it in second. First was pretty much done. Okay. So you know what was that's Was it loud? Like. Just, it was loud. Yep. And so here comes Willie Geist. No doors. Ro- rolling through town. Did people call you Willie back then? Oh, yeah. So From Willie Geist born. rolling yep. through with a, with a fire engine red. Rolling through CJG. Jersey. You have long hair? No, I didn't have long hair, but what I did have was I got for my birthday, I split with my mom, is a, a better, an aftermarket speaker system, because mm-hmm. I couldn't roll around mm-hmm. a little AMF yeah. thing that came with it. Did it have the it. detachable face so, so people it had the steal deta- it? Yes. Yeah, I had one of those, I had an Alpine one. Child of and the 90s, like Still me. got that shit stolen like five times. <laughs> yeah, I had an Oldsmobile, people kept breaking in the window and still taking it. I know, yeah, even yeah. with the plate, it yeah, didn't yeah, work. Yeah. And so I had the speakers in there, and... uh it was just a great car to be like 17, 18 years old in that thing. Yeah, man. And the minute awesome. it got That's warm enough, roof for gone. our inaugural guest of Angry Americans to start out with that car. It's a great car. That's going to be hard to top in season one. It's a great car. And, and I've now that I'm, you know, what is it? 25 years later. Yeah. I want to, I'm, I'm due for a, another car. Like my lease yeah. is up. I think I'm going to go back to the Jeep. Dude, do it. But, I'm that, but, you, but then are do you it. trying to recapture You could kind of roll then, into, into the, sh- they could do a whole, you know those Morning Joe shots they have of yeah. Mika and Joe that are yeah. so, like black and white oh, yeah. and very dramatic. Yes. You just come rolling in in your Jeep oh, season, yeah. man. Yeah, but it's going to be, now they're too nice. They got yeah. too much stuff in them. Yeah. I want to, maybe I get like an right. old one that's right. kind of shitty. Can right. I we, say we, shitty on this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, you can say shit. You can say fuck. You can oh, say really? Yeah, this is podcasting. That's very liberating. That's the awesome part. That's liberating. Yeah. Good. That's good to know. Yeah. All right. So CJ7. Zainab Salvi, what was your first car? I save up my, you know, salary. Yeah. And I buy a, like a very old 1970 brown and beige. Uh, what's an American? Uh, Christ, uh, Christ? Chrysler? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very, very old, basically. Wow. And 1970 it's like, brown you know, Chrysler. Exactly. No, two colors. Two you colors. Know, when they, two tones. Yeah, no, yes. two tones, right. Yes. And then like it takes me a, for a long time. <laughs> you know, that's the t- car I bought with my money. And I love that car. The car beforehand. Hold on. I want to stay on that car. Yeah. Because so that is an amazing story. Yeah. Like you saved your money working at Joe's Hallmark yeah. in Chicago in the first car you buy is a Chrysler. Did you intentionally buy an American car? No, I just, just had was... $600 and that's all that I could afford. But I have to tell you what's the first please, car I please, own uh, in my life, which was not car. from my money. Yes. So when you think what's your first car you yes. own, I think the one I bought, $600 right, right. in my own money. Please tell the me the Oprah gave you a car. car. No, no, okay. the, no, the Oprah was not in the picture, but first car I owned was in my name, was a gift from Saddam Hussein. Wow. And Mitsubishi. A pistachio color Mitsubishi that was the only car of its kind and its color in Iraq. And it was his gift for me. This was in Baghdad. In Baghdad. So and you I were how drove old? it. I was like, you know, 18, 19, or whatever, wow. you know. And I 18. And I drove it and the whole city knew. <laughs> wow. It was the only car of its oh kind in the God. entire country. Yeah. And the only color of the color. Did you drive it or were you driven I, in no, it? No, no. This was his gift from me. Uh-huh. So I drove it, you know. Wow. Because I got my life. Whatever. Yeah. So long. So, yeah. you know, and everyone knew it was like. So, so I moved. From the only car in the country, you know, given by the president, to, right, to a beat up Chrysler in Chicago. Chrysler is just six hundred dollars. You know, and I like pray every time that it's. And I love 
that car, the one I bought with my own money. With that $600 That's for me, it like makes me laugh and smile and shine. And the Mitsubishi makes me like, oh, yeah. This is why we asked the car question. Because yes, we never you know. know where it's yeah. going to go. Yeah. So and which that, car you want? The one I owned in my name or the one I bought with I, my money? I'm just grateful for both stories. <laughs> yeah. I, and I know anyone listening right now is grateful for both stories. Every show, I offer a way of converting that understandable anger into positive action. And July 4th is no exception. Some righteous action that shows angry Americans can also be impactful Americans. Some action that'll make you feel good and might make a difference. So number one, this week, have a damn good 4th of July. If you're stuck working, like I know many of you are, find a way to celebrate later. But things are nuts in America, and these are dangerous and precarious times. But we still live in an incredible country, and it's worth taking a little bit of time to celebrate and enjoy the freedoms that we do have, in whatever way you see fit. Number two, I told you last week that Jack White and the Tours have a new record out. I hope you checked it out. If not, do it. Can I get you two a drink? You sure can, sweetheart. Johnny Red Neat, okay? okay. Do it. Mm-hmm. Do it. All right. And you? Do it. Bacardi and Cola, do it, do it. And there's more good news in the world of American music. The Black Keys also have a new album. And it's also amazing. It's called Let's Rock. And in my view, they're the best band on the planet. And this might just be their best album yet. That's a big statement, I know. But is that good? It's a real gift to America. More than Trump's stupid parade thing. And when it comes to saluting America, I'll take the Black Keys over Donald Trump's little party any day. And finally, number three. Again, watch our amazing women's soccer team. They play on Sunday at 11 a.m. in the World Cup Final. Consider it your patriotic duty, even if you're not a soccer fan. They're a team we can all be proud of. And they give us all something uniquely American to root for this summer when we really, really need it. And if you've got a story to tell or a resource to share, use the hashtag AngryAmericans and let me know. Don't just be angry. Be active. All right, big thanks to a few folks who helped make this episode happen and continue to fuel the Angry Americans movement, all our amazing guests, and their cars. Thanks to Eric Schonborn, Chris Rosenthal, Mercy Rich, and the whole team at Righteous Media. Big Bill Schultz for producing this episode and working his magic on the cars. Starfish Media for the studio and recording help, as always. And a big thank you to our new sponsors at Mizzen and Maine. Really appreciate the guys and gals over there. Awesome to have you on the team and excited to do more with you in the future. Definitely check out Mizzen and Maine, folks. Oscar Mike, our brothers and sisters that are the awesome merch partners for Angry Americans and All Things Righteous. Get yourself a happy birthday American gift. Now we got red, blue, asphalt, desert, all awesome. Lots of you have already picked them up, and I'm loving seeing the social media posts of you rocking your Angry Americans merch. You can find it at angryamericans.us, along with lots of extra content, videos, but always continuing to find new merch from Oscar Mike, which brings me to our weekly thank a listener. Every week, I'll thank a few Angry Americans for listening and supporting this movement. Big shout out to Rick Cousin. 
K-O-S-A-N, not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. He's a father, husband, and attorney from Tampa, Florida. This guy rocks. He got his Angry American shirt for Father's Day just in time for the protests in Tampa to close the camps, the migrant camps that are locking up kids and just freaking ridiculous. But Rick was out there rocking his Angry American shirt, looking sharp and vintage blue with the new flag design. We have lightning bolts instead of stripes, and they look pretty damn cool. And Rick, you looked awesome. Big shout out and thank you to Dr. Seminus. She's a professor, veterans advocate and researcher, a football fan, a mom, and a self-proclaimed purveyor of kindness and compassion, which we could all use more of. She was listening to Angry Americans on her flight back to the U.S. from across the pond. Big shout out to you, Doc. Thanks for tuning in. And last, Gyuki in Japan. I love this person. Akuma, known in Japan as Guki, is actually a fictional character from the Street Fighter series of fighting games from Capcom, the video game. Akuma made his debut in Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo as a secret character in Hidden Boss. Now, I don't know if that's where Guki gets his or her name, but that's where I know Guki from. And Guki is really digging our episode with Malcolm Nance from last week and suggested we have Malcolm on as much as possible. You got it, Guki. I hear you. I see you. And thank you for the support from all the way over in Tokyo. Thank you all. And thank you to all the listeners that have been supporting this show. If you're new, go back and check out the previous episodes over this summer. I think you'll be impressed. And thanks, as always, to my family. My amazing wife and two boys, 4th of July is here. Woohoo! We're heading to Vermont again and Maine. Maine. Big thanks to Maine. Maine is my second favorite state in America, of course, next to New York. But it's a gift from the heavens. The only political job I'd ever really be interested in summer governor of maine only in the summer and only in maine i love it that much but thanks to all my friends there for the hospitality the lobster the blueberries the clean water the amazing earth and the cold nights big shout out and thank you to maine in advance and most of all as always my thanks to you for tuning in if you dig this show please tell all your friends to check it out if you're on an apple device and you like it please leave a quick review and keep the feedback coming on social media We've got a newsletter at angryamericans.us. So if you want to get the latest from me and the inside, sign up for that. It's 100% free. Thank you also to all of you who called in and listened to me when I was hosting last Friday and Monday on Sirius XM for Chris Cuomo. I'll be doing a lot more of that later this summer. And you can follow me and Angry Americans on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and more for all the latest. And remember, it's okay to be angry. And no, you're not alone. We're all a little angry. And that's because we're paying attention. And together, we can turn that vigilant anger into positive impact. And that's a real present for America on her birthday. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. Thanks for listening. Stay vigilant, America. America.